every secret of a writer's soul, every experience of his life, every quality of his mind is written large in his works. Virginia Woolf. Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast you don't want to miss. I'm Suzanne Harris, and you're about to get a sneak peek at what goes on behind the scenes with an author. We'll find out their secret recipe for creating a book. They'll tell you where they get their ideas, and you're going to get the inside scoop on their newest projects. Want to know more? Great. We'll tell you where to find them on social media. Are you ready? Okay. Let's meet today's author. Now, I have to tell you that the author I am going to introduce you to today is a real hero. His name is Jonathan Salisbury, and he's here to talk about his latest novel, Blood Bonded, The Portal and Key Chronicles, Volume 1. Jonathan served over 10 years in the United States Air Force as an explosives ordnance disposal technician. He was awarded the Bronze Star for operations in Iraq, and he's been deployed to multiple combat zones. He has a B.S. in criminal justice, and he currently works in law enforcement, serving as a police officer and a SWAT explosives breacher. Jonathan, wow, when I read your bio, the first thing I want to thank you for is not only your service in the United States Air Force, but also your service as a police officer. You are a brave, brave man, and thank you so much for being my guest today on Books on Air. Thank you, Suzanne. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. I want to talk about your writing. This is so interesting for me. I've discovered I'm a curious person, and so I will often talk with authors about how they came to writing. The stories are all over the place. Some people started writing as small children. Some people had a relative that they emulated as a writer. Some people had a teacher who recognized talent. Other people come at it from a totally different direction. They had a life experience that is a seminal experience for them, and they want to ch- they want to share that experience with other people, or they feel like they need to um, do something for themselves to get the whatever the information is out there. What brought you to writing, and how old were you when you first started? Uh, well, um, I think it's actually kind of a mix of the things that you had mentioned. Um, I have always kind of been interested in writing. Um, I started in high school, creative creative writing. Um, and it's just always been something I've enjoyed doing, but never quite felt confident enough to tackle a book or a novel. Um, it it was several years ago, um, I was actually toying with the idea of starting a novel, but I kept putting it off because um, I didn't quite know how to begin. I had all these ideas uh, going in my head, and I just wasn't sure how to put them on paper. Um, but I remember uh, one day this sentence popped into my head, um, and I just said to myself, that is a perfect sentence, and that is how I'm going to start my novel. Uh, and that's when I started writing uh, uh, my current book. I just started putting words on paper. Um, 
and the ideas started flowing. Um, I think to help with that, though, um, when I started my novel, I was I was dealing with a lot of uh, personal troubles. Um, it, uh, it was around the 10-year anniversary of um, when my friend Walt uh, was killed in Iraq, um, and I had never quite dealt with it the way it probably should have been dealt with. I wasn't able to attend uh, his funeral or memorial service uh, because I was deployed at the time. And every year on his anniversary uh, of his death, uh, this sort of came back. Well, it kind of came back really hard uh, on that 10 year anniversary. Um, I had uh, I'd shut down before then, really. I was having kind of troubles in my, uh, you know, relationships with people and uh, really opening up to them. Um, all of my own doing. Um, but um, my wife, being the uh, amazing person that she is, really helped me through that and uh, helped me break out of my shell and helped me be more honest uh, with myself which in turn helped me be more honest with other people around me. Um, and that uh, came out in my writing. Um, writing almost became a cathartic outlet for me, almost therapeutic in a way. Perfect um, word. That's it, exactly what I was going to ask, <laughs> is if you had a cathartic, if this was a cathartic experience for you. It truly was. Uh, it really helped me explore uh, my emotions, it, became, it helped me become more confident in who I was. Um, I could vent about troubles, I could laugh all through my writing. I love it. You also were a science fiction reader as a young reader. Who did you, yeah. who did you particularly enjoy reading when you were young? Um, I, I really enjoyed so sci-fi and fantasy. I, uh, I loved reading. Um, I think probably more than any author would be uh, both Piers Anthony and R.A. Salvatore. Um, those were pretty influential in my younger years. Um, I read a lot of their books and liked their writing style. Um, and it, uh, you know, what I loved about reading, what I loved about reading those authors is they really helped you escape into the novel and the characters. Um, and it was, it was just always a great experience anytime I could pick up one of their books. You also get to, whenever you write in a science fiction genre, you get to create your own world. You get to create different characters. You get to create your own language if you want to. You get to, I mean, there's so much width and breadth in the science fiction genre, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's um, so much there to explore, and I think that's what I love about it. Now, you surprised me. I have to say, this is really interesting. You know, you have expectations. When I, I looked at the title of the book and I thought, okay, blood bonded, this sounds like something that's going to be action-packed. And so I opened the first page and I read the words, Eva Higgins, and I thought, He's writing a female lead character. I'm always curious 
when a man chooses to write in a female voice. Where did Eva come from, and why did you choose a female character as opposed to a male character to be your kick-ass character, if you'll pardon the expression? <laughs> oh, and, and she is. She I know. Um, uh, that is uh, one of my favorite stories, honestly. Um, when I had begun writing this novel, I had written the first few chapters, and I was... Like I said, I wasn't very confident in my writing abilities. My wife was in amazing help through this process, and I gave that to her. And I said, please read this and let me know what you think. You know, I I just need some feedback. And um, I remember after she read it, she uh, gave it back to me and said, it's it's good. Give me some pointers. She said, you know, I really liked about it is that, you know, your main character is female. And I hadn't written it like that. And I asked her, and I said, well, why did you think she was female? Well, she pointed out a few of the phrases that I had used um, in writing. And uh, she was, that, this is why I think it's a female character. Because I really hadn't identified who the character was at that point. Um, and uh, my initial thought was, I'm going to write it as a male. Um, but after she said that, it was like a light bulb went off and said, yes, that's how I need to write it. I need to write it as a female um, I'm sort of surrounded by them in uh, my life. Uh, I, I have a daughter, uh, a <laughs> wife. We have two female dogs. <laughs> I get I get along really well with my mother-in-law. Just all you know, and my mother, uh, um, my mom is an amazing person, and uh, just having all that um, uh, influence, I just felt like it, it was right uh, to uh, to do that, and it's it was. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing writing Eva. She is, uh, you, the book, it starts out, I mean, literally, it is adrenaline pumping from the very first, you read the first paragraph, a little introduction, and then all of a sudden we're plunged into just a world of violence and intrigue and uh, Let's give our listeners a little overview of the book. Okay. Um, this is a <clears throat> short passage. Um, we, we join our companion in the alleyway here. <clears throat> Up here, you could direct them toward the fire escape. Brenner, can you reach the ladder and pull it down? Brenner left the fallen bags and reached his massive hand upward, grabbed the ladder, pulling it down. Evil is the first step climbing with depth skill. Brenner hefted Derek up to the first rung who started climbing. Brenner, who still had a bag with him, then climbed. The final sound continued, closer. Eva made the fire escape up to her floor. She smashed the window out and climbed through her kitchen. She quickly scanned the room and, seeing no threats, turned back to the fire escape. Derek was on her heels, and Brenner followed. Eva turned back into the apartment. She had a small stash of weapons there that would augment her limited supply nicely. She made for her hide. Derek and Brenner climbed in, with Brenner still shouldering the bag. E, why did we come back to your apartment? Derek asked when he finally caught his breath. Hell if I know, Eva answered, just as confused as him. What the hell do we do now? Derek asked again. Eva looked at him, not having an immediate answer. The dark pole, it tugged, persistent in her mind. She closed her eyes and tried to push it back. 
She opened her eyes again, but her vision was blurry. Derek was still talking, but she could not understand what he said. She turned her head and saw Brenner, who was also speaking, directly to her. His speech was modeled in her ears, but his body language spoke of a concern Eva could not understand. She stumbled backward. Eva immediately ran. <clears throat> Derek immediately ran to her and grabbed her arm to keep her from falling. Her momentum was too much, and she took both of them back, landing against the wall, hitting it hard. Brenner leaped up to help grab both of them, pulling them to their feet. Eva swooned again, this time saved by Brenner's grip on her left arm. Derek held her right shoulder. She felt as though her head was going to explode. Eva screamed, but she heard no sound. She threw her head back, hitting the wall. No, not the wall, the mural. She looked at Brenner with wild eyes. He was yelling, she could tell. She could hear nothing. She felt a tingle on her skin, goose flesh raised on her arms. She snapped her head toward the doorway in the exact moment that it burst open. Calder stood in the threshold. Death was in his gaze. Something in his eyes stopped her, though. She could not place it. It frightened her, but held something else, too. She could not make sense of it. Fury built inside of her. This time, she let it in. The pull was winning, but she did not fight at this time. The flow was grating at first, but she bared her teeth and used the pain. She turned her fear to anger, anger at having to flee the apartment, anger at the revelation that had been shown to her, anger at the impossible truth of what she was, anger at Abigail's death, the one person who might hold answers to her most profound questions. She did not see Calder anymore. He was stared at him with rage in her eyes, and then her corporeal vision was blurred. She opened her mind's eye, grabbed hold of the darkness, reversed its flow. No longer was it pulling it to her, she was drawing it in. She stood firm and dived in. A well of power and chaos enveloped her. She felt herself being ripped apart, then she fought still. With all of her anger focused on a single thought, survive and destroy him. Eva let out a primal roar of her own. It echoed in her mind. It became audible to her ears. A blinding flash of colors surrounded her and Brenner and Derek. It was beautiful, spellbinding. It surrounded the trio in a cocoon. The world was a blur behind the curtain. A pole, but this time something different. It was physical. She felt herself being thrust down, up, left, right, all at once. It felt as though a mighty wind had picked them up and was drawing them to something. The colors were brilliant. Almost as soon as it had begun, it ended. She felt an impact and fell unconscious. Wow. All right. <laughs> As I said, adrenaline pumping. This is at the end of a chase. Calder is a character who has been sent to kill her. And he's from a different place. And they're not human. Right? That's correct, yeah. Um, Calder's uh, sent by um, Kane Olk, uh, who is the mastermind behind this, uh, from the realm of Fatir. Uh, which is the uh, the world that they they hail from. And Eva doesn't know. She's just a regular person until all of this begins to happen, until she she is contact. Tell me how that happens. Tell me how she discovers that something's going to happen to her, that she's got a power. Um, it, 
it, it really is in that passage when she first uh, kind of understands um, Eva had struggled her entire life uh, with something that she called the dark pole, was never really to, able to understand what that was. Uh, she was adopted as a child. She never met her birth parents. She was raised on earth. Um, and she, uh, she grew up um, amazingly smart and eidetic memory. Uh, she excelled in school, um, and then she moved on uh, to become uh, a mercenary, uh, brought up under uh, the tutelage of Mr. Roper, um, who also plays a part in the novel. And um, she, she discovers that uh, what she'd been struggling with her whole life um, has actually been something wonderful, something that she can actually use to her benefit, um, but she's brought into it uh, violently and has to quickly uh, figure out uh, what she's going to do. Now, Derek is another, he's her, He's a sidekick comic relief almost character. Yeah. He's, Derek, <laughs> I, I loved writing Derek. Um, he's probably one of my favorite characters for sure. Um, he is Eva's trusty sidekick. Uh, there by her side the entire time. And yeah, he does provide a little uh, comic relief. He's that uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, guy who just calls it as it is and almost sort of that, uh, that innocent personality. Oh, I like the use of the word innocent because that's exactly how I thought of him and how I pictured him as I read about him and read the things he said and the way he interacts. <laughs> yeah. Who did you have in mind as a reader for the book? Um, this, this might sound odd, um, but I wanted to write a book that I would want to read. And um, I, I like to think that there might be other readers who like that as well, but that was really um, what drove my creative process and um, why I, I wrote the way I did because I just I felt like if I was writing for an audience or for someone else um, I wouldn't get out what I needed um, and so that's that's really kind of why or, or how I wrote the book or I wrote it for something that I would like to read I've got a quote that I read uh, when I was doing some research about mm-hmm. you for the interview and I really like this it said my, exper- my life experiences of war and the human condition are the fuel that feeds my writing. And I thought, you know, your action scenes, these, the book is action-packed. I know there's more to it than that. But the first three chapters are a chase scene that is just, I mean, you can't, I I was exhausted because I'm right there with you. You know, I mean, I'm right there with Eva and Derek and they're, and they're running and the car crashes and I'm right there with them. And I finished it and I thought, Oh, wow. I mean, (laughs) it, it was so much fun. Your prose is so graphic and pulls me right into the storyline that I, I can I am right there. 
you do such a wonderful job of painting the picture, painting the scene. It's as if I'm sitting there as I read, and I've jumped into a movie that's running only in my head as I read. That's how graphic I thought your prose was, and and I think that's a perfect tone for the kind of novel that you're writing. It's If you wrote the book for yourself, congratulations, you did a great job. <laughs> I liked it very much as well. Let's tell our listeners where they can find the book. Now, they can find it in several places. I always talk about Amazon because Amazon is, is such a big purveyor of books, and so many people use that as their resource. So if they go to just Amazon.com, there's a big search feature at the top of that page, and all they need to do is put in the title. And I want to give the listener the title again. It's called Blood Bonded, The Portal and Key Chronicles, Volume 1, by Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, Salisbury, S-A-L-I-S-B-U-R. Why? You could probably just put in Blood Bonded by Jonathan Salisbury and it would come up. Where else, if people don't want to buy it on Amazon, if they prefer to either go to the publisher or go to another website, where else is it available, John? Yeah, it is available on the publisher's website in paperback and hardback, um, also an e edition there. Um, and that's at austinmacaulay.com. A-U-S-T-I-N-M-A-C-A-U-L-E-Y dot com. Um, and you can, again, search uh, for uh, Blood Bonded, The Portal and Key Chronicles, Volume 1. And it's available paperback and hardback there. It's also available as an ebook uh, at Barnes & Noble um, and uh, through iTunes as well. Excellent. Now, they can also go to your website, and there's there's an excerpt on the website if they want to go to the website and read it. Let's give them your website address. Uh, the website is www.jonathantsalisbury.com. What else will they find there? There's I know there's a bio. There's an excerpt from the book. What else is there, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I also blog on that website, so I write short stories and flash fiction, uh, which are available there, short 1,000-word uh, or less uh, stories, uh, fiction stories, uh, different genres. Um, and then um, I, I blog about other, you know, real-life uh, events and things there as well, and then most of my updates for my book will be posted there on my website. Terrific. And they can. I, I, the thing that I hope that they will do is go to the website so that they can really read that excerpt because it's just so powerful. It's one thing to listen to it. It's another thing to read it and fall right into place with those characters. I mean, it's just terrific. Now, you're also doing some other social media, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook uh, and LinkedIn as well. Uh, you can find me at JT Salisbury Author on both Instagram, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn. 
Now, you're going to do something. You're, this is sort of in progress, I think. You're going to do some work to put on a YouTube channel as well. Tell me about that project. Yeah, so I've got a YouTube channel in progress. Um, I'll be posting things such as, uh, you know, this interview um, and probably uh, nuggets from the book. Um, and that will be available on my, uh, on my website, uh, blog, where I'm also going to be delving into a behind the scenes um, about the book, go into different character bios, um, location bios, uh, you know, some extra information that's not in the novel, but uh, um, maybe kind of fun for the readers to uh, get a bigger picture of, of the world that, that Eva's in. I love that because that gives me a backstory of the character. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I really like that idea. That's a great idea. Now, I assume, and I didn't even ask you this before we started talking, so I'm making an assumption here, that since this is Blood Bonded, The Portal and Key Chronicles, Volume 1, I'm assuming that there's going to be more than one volume. Is that right? But yes. Um, so I'm... Um in progress with book number two. In fact, I uh, I just finished it last week, uh, so it's in the, it's in the editing process now, um, and there will be a, a third one after that, and we'll see after that. Yay! I'm glad the story continues. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> glad to hear that. Now this is I've said it. It's an action packed novel. It's science fiction. It's got really interesting characters. It's got a, a kick-ass female main character. When our listeners become readers and they buy their copy of the book, whether it's electronic or physical, when they close that last page or when they finish that last page and metaphorically or literally close the back cover, do you want them to leave just feeling like they have been thoroughly and completely entertained and escaped into a totally different world. And that's all that, that there is for the book is entertainment and escape, and that's a wonderful thing. Or is there anything else that you want them to take away? Uh, I, I do hope that they are entertained by it, and it's a, it's a fun read. Um, but... I, the novel in my mind is really about finding yourself, about trust, about being vulnerable. Um, um, and I hope that they take some of that away um, and it, that somehow helps them um, if, if they were struggling like, like I was struggling, um, that it gives them something to look forward to, maybe help break them out of their shell as well. Well, and this time that we're in right now, we need escape and we need a place to go. And a world like you've created is a wonderful place to do that. And the quote that I used at the beginning before we really started talking, every secret of a writer's soul Every experience of his life, every quality of his mind is written large in his works. That's a quote that I got from you on your website, and it's 
said by Virginia Woolf. And I think that that's exactly what you've done with this book. We see into the writer's soul. We see into the writer's mind. We see into the writer's experience. And you've just done a masterful job with this book. I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. It was just an absolute pleasure. I could keep talking to you for another hour, and I know you could feel that. (laughs) But we have to stop. It's just been so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Suzanne. Really, I really appreciate it. And remember, you can find Blood Bonded, The Portal and Key Chronicles, Volume 1, by Jonathan Salisbury on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. And by the way, you can also hear this podcast on iTunes as well as iHeartRadio. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join our next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here. Thank you so very much for listening.